Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded. From Disaster Recovery Journal and Asphalus Advisors. Now, here's your host, Vanessa Vaughn Matthews. We have an accomplished guest lined up for you today, speaking on the topic of the future of safety and emergency response. So let's jump right in and meet our guest, Greg Arts, the president of Punch Alert. Greg, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Vanessa. Thanks very much for having me. Can you tell our listeners more about you and how you got into the world of communications and safety? Sure. So, you know, my back my background was I went to Cornell, studied computer science, and uh, worked actually at, in finance for my first five years, kind of developing systems, but ultimately really wanted to be an entrepreneur and started my first technology company in 2007 and really fell in love with that and been doing it ever since. Uh, Punch is my third tech startup, and, and really my co-founders and I were working on a, a different problem when we got started in 2012-13 timeframe. We were working on a mobile workplace communication platform. The smartphone had clearly come to be as the new way we were all going to be communicating with each other, and at a consumer level, we were already doing that very well. But in business, I noticed we were still kind of texting each other quite a bit when we weren't emailing. And uh, we, we, we knew there were a variety, many different workplace use cases for a more reliable kind of platform for mobile communication. And so we built this general punch dot in platform. One of the original ideas we had or thoughts we had was that the idea of checking in and uh, making it, creating awareness around what you're doing and how long you're spending on it was going to be important. Time tracking in particular, we thought was going to be very important. And that was kind of one of the initial features. And that was how the punch name came to be with punch.in. But when we first hit the market, we had a bunch of different use cases. So field services and time tracking project work was definitely one of them. But then we also had sales teams using it. We had service teams using it. We had some schools interested. We had some government bodies interested. So we had a variety of different use cases just using our platform to communicate with each other. That's when we realized through our customers, particularly one K-12 customer, one government customer came to us and started asking us for more features that they could leverage for safety purposes, for an emergency in particular. You know, remember late 2012, you can think back, was the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary, that was very emotional for the whole country, really, and for my founders and I as well, as we realized and started studying that incident and looked at, well, how did they communicate? How do organizations communicate during an emergency? And then beyond that, how do individuals communicate during an emergency? And that's when we found there was really a lack of innovation in that area uh, for quite some time. Mobile was not being leveraged. Cloud was not being leveraged. There were a whole host of integration challenges that were not being met. And so that's when we decided we wanted to take that pivot of this general workplace communication platform and focus on how can we hopefully save lives through a more efficient way to communicate during an emergency. I love it. So I have to ask, what was the bug for you to start three tech companies? <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I guess I always wanted to start something. You know, the idea of making a real impact had always been very appealing to me. And I think that came from probably my parents. You know, my father was a very successful entrepreneur, started a great company, Computer Associates, co-founded it. And so that, you know, the fact that he did it and was successful doing it was has always been a source of inspiration for me. My mother as well started her own Time 2000 program at Queens College and has been inspiring people, become math educators her whole life. So I think I had that framework, that belief in myself that I could do it. And it was just something I'd always been inspired to do. I always found it very inspiring to hear stories. I've been listening to podcasts since the very first podcasts were out 
entrepreneurial thought leader seminar out of Stanford. I remember I was in finance and I'd be listening to that podcast all the time, just listening to stories about, you know, startups that were first getting going and how did people uh, create them from nothing. That was always inspiring to me. So, you know, friends and I have always been working on things. And uh, I think it wasn't until I kind of proved to myself a little bit that I could have kind of a standard career, <laughs> and, you know, have a real job, so to speak, in a big company. I was in the middle of a trading floor at Citigroup, you know, 150,000 people or, you know, who knows, maybe more working for that company. And I, I really, uh, you know, it was great. I, I, I did well, but, but I really could not notice my impact at all. So I wasn't inspired from that standpoint. And so uh, my boss left to start a hedge fund. That was actually my first really startup, so to speak. It wasn't mine, but I worked for it. And, uh, you know, being the third third employee. And so that was a startup in the financial field, which which I love the impact sense. But then I really wanted to create something that could have lasting value in the world. You know, and that's what, what that's what inspired me to leave there and start getting into technology. So you, you spoke a bit to how the name Punch Alert originated, but what specifically yeah. is Punch Alert? Yeah. So Punch Alert is a safety communication platform. And so what what we've ultimately created is something that crosses over a few different point solution sectors. So in the past, you have this mass notification market, emergency mass notification market and a bunch of players in that space. You know, when you want to reach a lot of people very quickly, thousands or tens of thousands or more, you know, and you want to do it by a text message, by email, by a call. You know, you want to hit them through many different channels. And now, of course, smartphones, there are mass notification products to do it. And so we we are that. We are a mass notification product. However, one of the main challenges we saw with that market was it was a point solution. In other words, during an emergency, it was just one of the many tools you needed to use to communicate throughout that incident. So someone, you needed to use some other tool to report the emergency. You know, maybe there were physical panic buttons hidden somewhere and you forgot where they were or somewhere on a wall or you know, so maybe, or maybe there was an app that someone bought, you know, some new product. Um, so there are panic button solutions and there are mass notification solutions. And then there's everything in between where these on-site people, these responders, internal responders or official responders need to communicate with each other. So how do they do that? Well, maybe they have two-way radios. Maybe they're using the intercom systems. You know, maybe they're using some other types of systems. So there, there are all these different solutions you need to use during an emergency. Uh, and then how do you crowdsource information from a large group of people? Well, maybe there's something else for that. So with Punch Alert, our goal was to bring all that together with one unified safety communication platform. So if there is an emergency, you don't have to jump around from system to system. So it is a panic button solution. It's a universal way to report an emergency at the end user level, wherever you are. And if you just need to communicate with 911, you can do that. If you need to communicate with 911 and nearby responders at your local school, business, office park, YMCA, church, etc., you can do that. Or if you just need to locally communicate within your organization, you can you can do that. So uh, you can report emergencies. It's a great tool for responders to manage it. And not just using some command center on the web, which we have, but the mobile app. So the mobile app is role-based, so responders can manage incidents. And then if necessary, again, this doesn't happen all the time, but if necessary, then you mass notify. Then you crowdsource content from a large group of people. And then ultimately you resolve the situation and you don't have to jump around from system to system. And that's really what's, what Punch Alert has always been about. You alluded a little earlier about the challenges or the opportunities that you all saw from a technology perspective as you were developing Punch Alert. But what are some of the current challenges in safety and response right now? You know, I think the challenges, I think, first of all, we're still very early in solving this problem. You know, we've been working on it since we launched the Punch Alert in late 2014, really didn't start selling until 2015. And the product itself has evolved quite a mm -hmm. bit 
So when we look at the challenges today, and you know, again, we're, we're, we're on our way to solving them along with some other companies. But I think of them, I put them in two categories. Number one, there's an emergency. You need to communicate better with the people that are there, that are on site, that are nearby, because you know, look at the worst case type of emergency, an active shooter, you know, 70% of them are over in less than five minutes. So expecting that 911 call to solve the problem, you need to make that call. That is clear. However, if the average police response time is somewhere in the range of 10 minutes and getting a little bit better, but the reality is you just can't get from point A to point B any faster than you can get there. So, you know, the, the on-site response is so critical and having an efficient way to communicate and taking out all those inefficiencies with on-site communication for an emergency is really critical. And that's kind of problem A, and that's a problem we've been working on since we launched the company. Problem B is you need to communicate more efficiently with the police. And if you study the 911 call and the and how that works, that's really been a big challenge. I mean, that, that was infrastructure built in the 1960s around landline phones. And today still, that's how basically the infrastructure works. Even when you make a call, and more than 80% of the calls are coming from cell phones today, as you'd expect and growing. Um, what's happening is, you know, you're making that call. It's going through the nearest cell tower. It's getting routed sometimes to the wrong call center because all the routing rules were built around landlines. And now they're doing some database lookup to try and see, is this a phone? Is there an address associated with this phone? That doesn't make a lot of sense when you're a smartphone. So then they try and do some, you know, reverse geocoding. They're trying to figure out where this phone is. And it's getting better and better. But still, you know, uh, we're going to expect about 80% accuracy by 2021. That's at least what the FCC has mandated. Not very impressive. We couldn't tackle that challenge until 2017. We partnered with bandwidth.com and we built infrastructure called 911 Plus. That's our trademarked infrastructure. It's it's really powerful because what it allows us to do is make a data-based call to 911 as opposed to a cellular-based call to 911. And that infrastructure is baked into Punch Alert. It's also available to partners now through an API. And we're one of two companies to offer that. And we're really proud of that infrastructure because what it allows you to do is not not just make an accurate 911 call, meaning give a good location to the 911 call center, which is their biggest challenge. They need to have a good location for you. But also you want to create that transparency. So if there's an emergency on site, one of the biggest challenges we, we identified early on was what do you do first? Do you call 911 or do you notify someone on site so they can lock down, evacuate, et cetera? And really you shouldn't have to make that decision at all. You need to be able to do both of those at the same time. So with 911 Plus, you can call 911 and have that complete transparency so everyone on that on-site responder team knows when you start that call, when you end that call. They have real-time location for you throughout the process. And it becomes, again, a transparent component of that entire life cycle of an emergency. So, Greg, I I wonder, every day I look on the news, There, there's an active shooter or there's a shooting or there's an officer-involved shooting. How do the, the number of shootings, if at all, how does that affect you all from a safety and emergency response perspective? Unfortunately, I feel like it's, it's almost not even news. It's not even national news that there's been some kind of active shooter. I think we've pretty much been numb to that. We expect it, uh, at least in this country. And, and, and that's unfortunate um, because there are a lot of, there are a lot of uh, problems, obviously, that we all face across the world. But being involved in an active shooter is not something anyone here wants to you know, experience. And it, it's, it's very sad. And we need to be prepared for it because you know, the odds of it happening in any community are just much higher than they should be. Now, it's not the only thing obviously to be worried about because the odds of that versus other things is obviously much lower. You know, medical incidents happen every single day. You know, they're missing children and suspicious people and people that get angry and all sorts of other things happen all the time. And Punch Alert, 
one thing we've really tried to do with, with, with our platform is make it useful on a daily basis. So we found that early on, you know, customers were creating emergency categories that weren't even emergencies. You know, we thought, okay, yeah, fire, active shooter, medical incidents, but there are all sorts of things that happen every day where they just need a more efficient way to communicate and get them resolved. Mm-hmm. You know, whether student issues in schools or, you know, missing child somewhere or, you know, all sorts of things are constantly, our platform gets used all day, every day. And, and we've only had two that we know of active shooter incidents where punch alert has, has been involved in, in the four years we've been we've been running. So and, and that's why we actually expanded the platform to create tips and announcements. So you can actually report tips in our platform, which are day-to-day incidents. They could they could even be non-safety related. It could be a facility issue, an IT issue, it could be a positive thing, it could be inappropriate behavior, you know, anonymous reporting, things like that. Uh, announcements are a way to leverage our master notification system for things that are non-emergencies as well. So games starting an hour late, don't use this entrance, you know, things like that. So we believe this community concept and a more positive approach to safety is is warranted. And that's a better way to get people involved and comfortable with a platform like this, because you don't want to roll out some emergency system that you never use and you, you're not comfortable with. And then during an emergency, you don't even know how to use it. So we take a different approach. We think about Let's get people involved. You know, it's your community. We're helping customers engage their own communities. Let's, you know, let them extend that, see something, say something, and not just focus on, okay, yeah, hey, we got to be prepared for that active shooter because here's how many times it happens on the news. But let's be proactive and let's do something that's positive, that's even fun. And that's how we think about Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you changed the messaging and that's kind of been a difference maker, I suppose, focusing on the negative, right? Yeah, I think that, I think if you look out into the emergency, you know, <laughs> solution market of all types, you know, you see a lot of ambulance chasing very scary messages, you know, you your life is in danger and you need to buy this product today for you and your school or your loved ones or whatever it is and and I think that's, you know, obviously that has that does work for a lot of companies. That's just not really the approach we've taken uh, mm-hmm. with punch. So podcasters, you know, I love entrepreneurs. And the other thing that I love about business continuity is you have to understand the business. So this question just popped into my head. And Greg, I I have to ask you, when I think about McDonald's, they say that they're not a burger company, they're a real estate company. You've talked a lot about Punchler and I've learned so much. Are you a technology company, a communications company, a safety and emergency response company? (laughs) What type of company is Punchler? You know, I think it falls into a couple categories, but I think of it as what we're trying to create is critical infrastructure for the future. I think the infrastructure for safety and emergency response is very, very fragmented and broken in many different ways. We need new infrastructure that was built for mobile, built for cloud, built for IoT. You know, we're building our, our own wearable device now. So I think of it as critical infrastructure for the future that could ultimately build out a connected community. Now, whether we are hosting that community ultimately in Punch Alert, which I would love, and that is one aspect of what we are doing is, yeah, we want people to download the app and we want people to become part of our community. But ultimately, I feel like we're trying to create infrastructure for the future to connect all different types of communities. I think safety and emergency response needs to be ubiquitous. So yeah, you can get it from the punch alert app. Maybe you can get it from this new rescue device that we're creating, but maybe you can get it from another app. Maybe you can get it from other systems. Maybe, you know, wherever you look or there are all types of devices and and, uh, interfaces where we can get access to report incidents, to get messaging that we need. And that's infrastructure that just needs to be out there. And so I, I see us really enabling that working to enable that. 
So that community can grow even beyond our own app and ultimately we'll have the type of system that we all want, you know, much faster connected uh, response and information wherever you are. How do you see uh, where safety and emergency response are going and why? Yeah, so I think, you know, looking five years ahead, I think we can get a lot done. I think there are going to be a few different players that start to create critical mass for the types of things we're doing. And hopefully we'll be we'll be one of those companies. You know, again, there, in, in, in safety, there have been very little very little progress in the way of creating unified solutions. I think there's been successful companies that create point solutions and they really do well selling their products. But lately, there's been a lot more discussion about integrations. You know, customers want that. They want everything just to flow seamlessly together. And the more you can have that, the more inefficiencies are going to go away. And so what, what also comes with that are network effects, right? In the mass notification market, there's a reason there are so many companies out there and that private equity firms are starting to buy them up and kind of cut costs and do, do what private equity firms do. It's been more of that kind of play versus kind of what venture capital, you know, if you look at venture capital, they, they haven't really looked a lot at our types at, uh, at safety because there haven't been network effects. There hasn't been kind of a winner take all attitude. But I think now that we're building connected concepts where communities can develop, where network effects are critical, then you are going to start to have a couple clear winners and those winners in the various spaces, in the 911 infrastructure space, in the, you know, the organizational uh, mass notification and incident reporting, what we're doing, you know, that there are clear network effects there, not just at the app level, but at the infrastructure level, as we were, as we were talking about before. You know, you want to, the end user expects to have the right connectivity wherever they are without having to download yet another app, yet another app, right? The infrastructure needs to just speak with each other wherever you are. So um, because we expect that as consumers, you know, we, we do that in our consumer lives with Uber, with getting food, with whatever it is we're doing. We're going to expect that at, uh, when it comes to safety beyond just I, I think, you know, to answer your question, maybe a little bit more clearly, it's 2024. I think by that time, calling 911 is one of the things we might be doing. But I think there's going to be a winner or a clear leader in this space of, OK, I've got an alternative to just going to my dialer app and dialing 911. I think people will feel comfortable calling 911 and doing other things at the same time using punch alert. Maybe, you know, we'll be that leader. Maybe there'll be another leader. Maybe there'll be two or three. I don't anticipate there being uh, 20 or 30. Again, the network effects are too important here. So I think we'll be there in, in 2024. My next question is about how technology has changed since you started this company. And I think about the increase in um, cybersecurity. AI, just so many things that have evolved, you know, from the past, you know, four or five years that you all, you know, got here. What other changes have have you seen that you haven't spoken of? You know, cybersecurity is is more important than ever, um, and, and that's something we take very seriously with our platform. Any anytime you're creating critical infrastructure, you want to focus on that. Um, so that, that's a trend that, that organizations are worried about, of course, as they should be. But uh, yeah, AI is, is, of course, now becoming really useful in many different applications, where in, as in the past, you know, maybe 10 years ago, it was, it was uh, really ex- interesting, but not very useful. And so that's, that's uh, I, I think obviously there are a lot of buzzwords. Big data has been thrown around for a long time, and that's something I was working on heavily in my last uh, company, my last startup. And it's something we use today. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of data we're collecting about, you know, what what incidents are being reported and, in you know, all sorts of different patterns could be gleaned from the data. And as we grow, I think there'll be a lot more that we could do with our own data. But I, I still think that is is pretty 
at least in our space, it's still pretty early. Obviously, in, if you're a video surveillance company, you're doing facial recognition. There's a lot of ways AI is, is helping there. So you mentioned two trends. I think the IoT, I'll just talk about that trend uh, a little bit because I do think, you know, going back to this, you know, safety everywhere, the, the idea of, you know, many different types of interfaces, not, you know, the smartphone is obviously one and that's a really important one and it's going to remain a really important one. But when you go, especially into kind of a workplace setting, there are a lot of different use cases where the smartphone is not ideal and they need physical buttons or they need, you know, in, in our case, what we're doing right now is creating something called rescue. And it, it really leverages a lot of the latest technology in IoT. And we've seen that technology really flourish in terms of kind of the radio frequencies and, and the protocols built around that. We're, we're leveraging something called LoRaWAN. It's really exciting stuff that allows us to build technology faster and, and, and smaller and, and, and get it to market, you know, a little bit quicker. And, and so, yeah, we're creating our own wearable. But again, I, you know, it's called Rescue, which is for, you know, it's a reliable mobile panic button system that we we're building initially for YMCAs, actually, because they needed a, a product that could activate in water. We're adding a water sensor to it. Mm. And, uh, it's launching at the end of the year, early next year. And we're really excited about that. And it's going to be used in various industrial settings as well. I see the IoT trend, you know, we have, we have a whole host of customers now using our infrastructure, our APIs for either 911 Plus or, or more broadly with Punch Alert um, to build their own products, their own physical products, their own software products. So I think, uh, I think IoT is, is certainly going to enter into the safety space as well, where, you know, you can interface with safety in so many different ways, depending on what exactly the use case is. Uh, that's a really uh, important trend. So I'm currently reading a book called Traction uh, for those of you entrepreneurs or those of you who lead a business or may be in charge of operations. It's a great book for you to read um, and implement. And so the author is Gina Wickman, but he talked about what are your three differentiators that set you apart? And what he talked about in the book is you may have one or two that may be similar to another organization but overall, no company shares the same three differentiators as you and your company. And so as you kind of think about that, Greg, what makes Punch Alert different from other communication systems in the market? Like, what are those top three differentiators for you and your team? Well, I think, uh, number one, the way we think about the whole uh, emergency challenge, we're combining the challenge at the, both the individual level and the organizational level, and we think about it as an end-to-end life cycle. So rather than thinking of, we want to create a better mass notification system, we said, we want to create a better platform for communication throughout the entire life cycle of an emergency. And the way we've kind of integrated that whole process together seamlessly is really unique. And you kind of have to use Punch Alert to see it and understand it. But that life cycle, full life cycle communication is probably our number one differentiator. Number two is our 911 plus infrastructure. It's very unique in the space. The fact that we own that that data connection directly is really critical infrastructure. The technology underlying it is growing. Again, we're working with bandwidth.com, which is a leader in that space. Let's create the network layer for us to build our API and application layer. And then lastly, I would say is the, and, and I, I might list four, but I'm, I guess I'm thinking about two things. Number one is user experience. I think you have to think about the end user experience. It has to be really easy to use. I think safety in particular, it's been kind of stale and, and, uh, and functional, but not very uh, enjoyable or, or simple or fun to use. 
And uh, we've tried to really blend the simple with the interesting and just a, an enjoyable user experience at the end user level. Um, that's really key. Uh, it's got to be intuitive. And so that, that experience at the mobile level first, being a mobile first company, the fact that we launched in you know, 2014, 2015, as opposed to launching in you know, 2000 meant we, we could be mobile first, we could be cloud first, and we could leverage certain third party services to do things where there are other companies that are great at that, you know, uh, so we could focus on what we do best, which is creating that experience, that end-to-end experience, including that 911 call. And I think those are, those are really our critical differentiators. And, and maybe the fourth one that I was just mentioning might be just our mindset, which I alluded to earlier, the fact that we are taking a more positive community-oriented approach to, to safety. I think ultimately that's going to be the right approach. Fantastic. You have been a uh, wealth of information today. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, sure. Well, I'm, I'm on Twitter, not active on it, uh, but you can find me there, GArtsd. Um, you can find uh, PunchAlert at PunchAlert.com and uh, reach out to myself, Greg at PunchAlert.com. Uh, and I'm happy to, to you know interact with your listeners. Really appreciate your having me on today. And um, you know, it's great to be a partner with you, Vanessa, as well. I have to say, I guess Fallis does great work. So keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in to Business Resilience Decoded with the Disaster Recovery Journal and Asphalus Advisors. Subscribe, share, and look out for future episodes. Business Resilience Decoded is produced and edited by John Seals. For more information, visit drj.com slash decoded and asphalusadvisors.com slash decoded. Write to us on Twitter at drdecoded.